Hello, Strat fans. I'm Jimmy James, and this is Stratology, the show for and by students of Stratomatic. Every Strat player has come across today's topic, whether drafting with your buddies or playing 365. What do you do when your team is just not good? How do you fix it? Sir Peter is here today to talk about that very thing. So sit back, grab your cards and dice, and let's roll. Tournament play. Let's take a brief look at the Barnstormers Championship because we now know who our 12 final teams will be. The first nine were the top nine point getters during the regular tournament season. Number one, Max Power. Number two, Joff Chili. Number three, Laboratory. Number four, Malmute 2002. Number five, Hendrix 08. Tied at number five, Childs MWC. Tied at seven, Frankie T and Springer 0432. I'm going to hold off on number nine. The winners of the three 24-man semifinals, number one, Hack Wilson, number two, and Welter, and number three, Coach PRBB. That leaves us just one spot. Number nine, who was last Druid. Many of you know he's no longer with us, and I think one of the most amazing things is happening. His close, close friend, Nev Dully, is playing his team using one of his names that he uses all the time, and if Nev wins, then his prizes will go to the Last Druids family. So I just think that's a, a wonderful way the Barnstormers is handling it. So as that gets... Uh, Going forward, we'll definitely have a preview of that finals league with our predictions from the round table. So, back in two shakes. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Okay, guys. Today on Strat Chat, I have Peter Maffei, Sir Peter with our round table, and we are going to talk about something that I don't think is talked about nearly enough and I think could really, really help a lot of players out there. How to fix a team after you've drafted it if you're just all of a sudden you just cannot win. So thank you so much for being here, Peter. Oh, my pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. 
Thank you so much. So, how do you fix a team? <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, I've had some experience, uh, especially recently with some of the new newer sets, because I just haven't had success. So, I think you it all starts with you have to figure out why you're losing. So, it breaks down really pretty simple. Why are you losing? Are you not scoring enough runs? Or is your pitching, you know, getting shelled? So really, it's it's pretty basic, right? So you want to think, okay, is your offense not working out? Is your pitching not working out? So, you know, I want to take a look first, really, at your offense. So most of the time, it means you're not scoring enough runs. So the first thing you'd want to look at, especially, so obviously, there are two different types of sets, single season and then mystery cards. Uh, mystery cards, you could just have a bad card. I would definitely refer you to, um, you know, our show that we did uh, back in the past about how to read mystery cards. So that would definitely help you if, if you think that's your problem. But really, before you drop players, and I think I, the reason why I think this is a great topic is everybody just assumes that dropping and adding players is the way you go about it. I think there's a lot of things you can do to to fix your team prior to you drop. So your number one, I always like to look up, look at. And this is actually something that you'll find in real baseball, mixing your lineup up. So I always just look at my lineup, especially in three, you know, when you're in 365, you know, you go to your lineup set and it will just read, you know, how, what your lineup is. What are their actual stats against lefties and righties? So you may find that um, you have some dead spots in your lineup. So what I mean by that is uh, people tend to take, you know, their high on base percentage, their power you know, they're power hitters and they bunch them up one, two, three, four, and five. But a lot of the times, especially if you're playing in a set that uh, it's not using a DH, uh, you may end up with the six, seven, eight, nine batters, just being weak hitting players. You try to hide them at the bottom of the order. And what that does is essentially gives the, the opponent a free, a free inning or two of just no runs and no offense. So a lot of the times, the first thing I will do with, if I'm not scoring runs, I'll start mixing up. So, for example, if my one through five are really doing well offensively, I will take a weak hitting player and put them between two good hitting players. So what I mean by that is uh, I'll refer to uh, the 80s set, the 80s mystery set. Jose Lind is a guy that I like to have at second base. He's super cheap, uh, but he's a one. And really defense is is paramount, you know, for for a lot of our, our, uh, uh, you know, a lot of teams. Um, I know Sir Tony will be listening to that. He'd be very proud that I said that. Um, and, you know, so I take Jose Lina and I'll put him between my first, not, I'll put him second, even though he's very weak hitting. I'll put him between a high on base percentage guy hitting first. And then I'll actually take my my two hitter and put him in the three hole. So it, and I'll, I'll do that all the way through the lineup. So what that does is it gives you production in different spots. So it spreads out your production. So that's number one. Because again, if you take a look at your gameplay and you go, if you go inning by inning, if you watch the the way it plays out, a lot of the times you'll see where you're not hitting. You'll see those nine outs in a row and those do just kill an offense. So number two, the, ne- the very next thing that I look at is I'll look at the park. So sometimes you you get a draft. You don't necessarily get the players you want but you get good players nonetheless, and you kind of fall in love with them. So for me personally, I love Kauffman Park, especially in the 80s set. That is a singles hitter's dream, but it's a home run hitter's night. You're going to take a look. You may have a player uh, that has a, a lot of home run checks. And a place like Kauffman, he's just 
basically he's just a fly ball out every, you know, every time he's not going to hit the home runs. That is, that is always um, something that will, and again, it's something that will kill your offense. So you definitely want to look at that. Um, I have one little thing in on that, Peter. You know, uh, yeah. one of our seasons, I went into Coors, and with it being a 24-man league, sometimes, you know, it just works out that you just don't have the guys for that, especially with a 24-man. I mean, with a 12-man league, you can kind of find it in the in the waiver file, in the waiver uh, in the waiver pile, not the waiver file, but uh, <laughs> and uh, but when you're playing 24-man, sometimes you just ha- don't have those guys. And I made the mistake of having Coors, and everyone came in and hit more home runs than me. And I could not win at home just because I didn't have the right team to play there. I, and, and again, that's kind of crystallizes the point. Now I will say this, I will never pick Coors field. I just, I, that is not a, that was, I've tried it once. It was never a fun season for me, but that's for a totally different uh, show now. But, um, and really, so again, yeah, your park, again, if you want to play in the 2000 set, um, there are certain parks and there are certain players that will do really well. I had Richie Sexton in a year uh, and and I had a hit a home run hitters park and he was an MVP. I had Richie Sexton uh, in, in a pitcher's park in the net in the very next season. And he was a complete nightmare for me. Um, and again, we, I was in a 24 team league and I just could make the adjustment. So really the park is, is important. And, and I will say this, uh, you do bring up a good point, obviously drafting, is super important. The way you draft is super important. And we've talked about that on other shows as well. Um, and then really the other, the, 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 the last thing I'll look at for offense is I'll look at the strategies. So again, you look at a card, you fall in love with those numbers. You look, fall in love with the double A's. You fall in love with the, the, uh, the arm rating or the, the speed rating or whatever it may be. You may fall. You may see a whole bunch of guys who steal, and you just be running yourself out of game. And, and let me give you an example. Um, you know, you have the lineup that has you know Lenny Dykstra, um, uh, Larry Walker, Alex Rodriguez in it. But you are in a twelve-man team, and your division has catchers with all minus two arms. And you know what? Those guys are going to throw you out. So you you may be running yourself out of games. Um, so you may have to be conservative. You know, and, and vice versa, you may not be using your players well enough. You may be a guy who doesn't necessarily want to want to take risks, but you're leaving a lot of runs on the table by not moving those players over. Are you bunting with the right guys? You know, like I talked about before, now that you've start your offense isn't working, you move a guy like Jose Lean up. Jose Lean's a lean hitting uh, second baseman, but he's a good bunter. So. You know, is your um, is your leadoff hitter getting on base, walking a lot, Ricky Henderson type, and bunt him over? He, you know, he can walk, steal second. Uh, Lean will bunt him over to third. Before you know it, you have you, you know you have nobody's gotten a hit, and you've already you're up one to nothing. So those are the kind of things that can really start your offense. And then again, uh, hit and running. I'm I'm a big fan of hit and running. So you really, I like that. Uh, and here's the re- general rule that I use. If you have a guy, if you have a team that's hit and run and their ratings are A or B, I put it on hit and run more. If it's C, I just don't do anything. And if it's, D, you know, obviously if it's below, I just no hitting, hit and run. But use the hit and run to your advantage. In, in Strat 365, the hit and run 
can generate at least 20 to 30 runs more a year if it's used properly. So people who are tend to be pretty conservative, you want to make sure you're not being too conservative and your offense is just not clicking. Now, one thing uh, I was going to ask you about, you know, you've, you've, we've talked before about sometimes having that bunter in that eighth spot with a pitcher or in that ninth spot if with a DH. If you're playing such a uh, defensive-minded player that really does not have that offense, being able to kind of hide that by making them a, a bunting specialist. Absolutely. Basically, yeah, you take that bottom half of that order and, and, and you're not generating offense. You're just kind of promoting offense. You know, you're, you're, you're helping turn over that lineup in a good, in a good position where your players are in running, uh, scoring, your runners are in scoring position. And, and now you, you're scoring runs on singles, you're scoring runs on ground outs, and you're also not making that. And Hey, you know what? Don't, uh, don't knock it till you try it, but sometimes that pitcher's uh, that pitcher's hitter's card can be a lot more valuable than you give it any credit for. But absolutely, yes, you turn you bunting in that bottom of that order really helped turn over your lineup as well. And then, really, after that, uh, I, I will say that, and, and I'll go over it a, a little bit later. But I'm when you decide that you've tried all these things. You will have to drop a player eventually. There's just no way. There's a lot of the times there's no way around it. I very rarely go through a season without dropping a player. But I, you got to be cash is king. And I'll say that again when we talk about pitching later on. Cash is king. You can find if you have a player that is not hitting his card um, or, you know, it's a bad mystery card. You don't necessarily... Mark McGuire, for example, you're not going to find another $9 million player in that set who's going to give you the 1998 Mark McGuire. So you ended up with Mark McGuire's 250 season where he gets hurt. Well, you have now have all that equity in that $9 million. You can get a player who's moderately better. You're already getting two, you know, you're already getting a 250 hitter out of Mark McGuire. You can upgrade but not have to spend all that money. And then you could put your money elsewhere. So a lot of players, the mistake they made in improving their team is a one-for-one -one swap. So one of the things I'm advocating, I always advocate for, so you want to build players maybe in the aggregate. So, uh, you know, if you have a guy, and I, I know this right now in the uh, 80 set, um, I didn't get the players I want in, in a draft, and I have now built my DH in the aggregate. I have my card grove, and I have uh, Thornton as my DH. They're, they're platooning. So now I have an $8 million player, but out of two players. And that also gives you flexibility. So fixing your team is really about getting value as well. And you don't want to waste that money because especially in a 24-man team, in a tournament setting, that $4 million that you may waste getting that flashy player that, that hasn't been drafted for whatever reason, um, you really want to make sure that that money's going, going, you know, being spent wisely. And also, again, it also goes back to making sure you do fix your team. So I will refer you back to learning how to read mystery cards just because Mark McGuire is on the pile. Make sure you know what Mark McGuire season you're going to pick up if you want to spend that money. Uh, people, if you, if you, if you want to go ahead and misread a card and then go spend a whole bunch of money to, to think you're going to fix your team, you're now going to take yourself down the drain even further. 
I wanted to ask you one thing and your thoughts on setting your lineup. And you were talked about how important that could be. And I was thinking about one specific area and um, especially to get what your thoughts are on base percentage and batting average, because I think it's very easy to stick a guy who's got a lower batting average, but a better on base towards the end and leave a lot of guys stranded. You know, I, Bill Nye has a quote that what makes baseball the, the greatest sport is it's not only a sport, it's also a game. And if you're leaving a lot of pieces on the board because you just don't have somebody behind them to hit them in, but they're there all the time, they're literally a wasted spot in the batting order. Uh, that is that, that, that is my philosophy to a T. High on base percentage. for Well, first of all, high on base percentage for me is paramount. I will make sure that high on, I always, when I draft, I, when I sort guys, I sort them by OPS, but when I can't really find what I'm looking for, I sort by on base percentage. And that's, so I have high, I like to have high on base percentage everywhere. Now, when you are, when I'm crafting my lineup, um, crafting my lineup that sounds so bougie by the way um, but but when I'm when I'm when I'm crafting my lineup you know my obviously my leadoff guy and again it will depend on the set and it depends on the players but my, my, my leadoff guy I like to stay pretty traditional high on base percentage high speed but those guys with the higher average yes I put them towards and I like to actually stack those guys to the bottom of the lineup sometimes with the higher average as opposed to the on-base percentage. So I like my play. I like my games to fold out like this. My, my leadoff man will walk or get on base. I don't care how he gets on. My get will get on base. My number, my, my second batter again is a, a, a walk machine. I, again, I'll just go back to Mike Hargrove. I'll go back to Wade Boggs. Those guys just get on base. They're not going to hit you a ton of home runs, a ton of doubles, but they're just going to get on base. And then, of course, you know, number three, high average, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're obviously your, your third is, this is not, you know, uh, a mystery here. Your third is always your best hitter. And then obviously you're, you know, you have your, um, you know, your high slugging. I don't necessarily always have my high slugging there at number four. What I do is I have a guy, he's my best OPS guy. So that may end up being a guy with high on base percentage and not necessarily high slugging. And then five and six is where I start to try to bring in the runs. So what that also does is it gives some, some flow to that lineup. So your one and two are generating those runs because eventually if you have a guy, a guy like Wade Boggs at number two, and I'll go, you know, he's going to get enough hits where he's going to, he will drive in runs. And what that does is five and six, six and seven, five, six, seven are guys who are really pushing your RBI. So, um, we just recently were talking about the new 1998 set and I had Albert Bell in almost every team I played. And I, I think Albert Bell for me hit in the sixth and seventh hole in every league, except for one, he was just my five hitter, but he was there because I had a whole bunch of high on base guys and he was just raking them in, in that six hole. And then what also you turn over, you want to turn over your lineup, uh, towards the bottom. So Again, you want parity in your lineup, so your bottom players, high average, are getting those hits, uh, and you can generate runs one through nine. So absolutely 
when it comes to offense, that's definitely how I craft it. And high on base, up high, and then um, definitely your average below. Now, if you are playing with a DH, I I definitely try to have a very. I, there's a lot of times I have I call I call it my second leadoff guy. I'm sorry. With if you're playing without a DH, I try to have my eighth batter, a high on base percentage guy. Um, I'll play a guy like um, I've actually played Ricky Henderson in the eight hole because he'll get on base and then it's basically guaranteed he's going to steal and then be bunted over. And you have a guy on third as your lineup is turning over. So I do that as well. That's another strategy for me. Yeah. And that's talking again about having pitchers, even sometimes having a pitcher in there that can hit. I've actually had Don Robinson before. And with his seven end card, they brought him into pinch hit. They've literally hey. brought him into pinch hit. One game they brought him, uh, it was like beginning of a season, and they had brought him into pinch hit like twice in the first two weeks, and he had a triple and a homer. And I was like, go caveman. (laughs) (laughs) So it's an underrated thing. And in the 60s, there are some guys that can hit. Bryles, Odom, uh, there's some guys that were were sluggers that we don't don't think of uh, that too much today. Okay. We will be right back. We're going to talk about fixing pitching. Okay? After this. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Hi, this is David with Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes, or MTDB, specializes in handcrafted dice trays and dice towers for any board or tabletop game that utilizes dice. Now, the purpose of MTDB is twofold. Number one, it keeps those pesky dice in the box and on the table and out of the paws of the cat. Number two, it reduces the noise produced by the dice rolls. Foam-lined walls and towers deaden the sound. Each tray and each tower is personalized to the needs of the customer. Catch us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Our website is www.mtdbgaming.com. That's www.mtdbgaming.com. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Look us up. You've been listening to Stratology. Join us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on 365 Sportscast. Okay, so, okay. so we're back. And now we will talk about fixing 
pitching. So what do you got for us, Peter? All right. So first of all, nothing's worse than uh, drafting a great pitcher and then he's just not performing for you. So again, you want to go, you want to figure out why do your why are your pitchers no good? Number one thing you want to look at, do you have a play, you have a pitcher that is a home run pitcher. He's given up a lot of home runs and you're in a home run park. That's obviously number one. Um, you know, I, just recently, again, just recently, I have Tom Browning in a league. I'm a big fan of Tom Browning in the 90s, uh, 90s mystery set. He's cheap. He's got a couple of good cards. But, you know, you hit him on his wrong card and you're in a homer-friendly park. He's just a batting practice machine. So you really want to analyze that. And, again, um, that's not difficult to read. Um, you know, you, you'll, you, know, you know what you're getting. And, really, you could just sort that out. Um, really, uh, with the, uh, the the miscellaneous stats, so you can figure that out. Yeah, I would say right there, real quick. Look at those graphs underneath the cards if you're playing mystery. Look for that red. If you see a big chunk of red, that's probably the year that he's given up those home runs. And if you're in a homer park, it's it's death. It's death by homer. Absolutely. That's actually, I'll give you, I'll give you all the credit for that. I never looked at that. I kind of thought that was just sort of a little gimmick for, you know, just a little flashy thing that, that they did. I started using that tool and it's helped me a great deal. So I thank you, Jimmy James, for uh, turning me on to that. Um, the other thing I will also, one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about, especially, and this really pertains to a 12-team league. Because uh, if in a 12-team league, you're playing your division often. And a lot. And especially you're going to play some very key games towards the end of the season, all against your division. So you want to look, um, maybe your division has a whole bunch of really great lefty hitters and you got some guys who just can't get lefties out. So you really want to look at that. You may have some, you know, uh, or, or for example, Jimmy Key's a really good one in the 80 set. Jimmy Key's a great, has a, a couple of great years, but he's very, He's a lefty that heavily that does very well against left. If you're in a division, a 12 team league that has a division with uh, righties that just kill lefties, Jimmy Key's not going to be as good. And especially for almost a third of almost a third of your games are going to be played against a team teams that will hit him. So you really also within playing within your division is super important, especially in 12 team leagues. So you may have a guy who's just doesn't match up well against those other teams. And you really want to, again, you want to take into consideration. Now, and I'm going to go into maybe, you know, how do you change your rotation? But again, if you're playing a in a division that's going to crush lefties, uh, a third of your teams, there's really nothing else you can do there except maybe just think about a roster change. And then really the other thing is obviously those are those kind of pertain to starters. Uh, really your bullpen. I am a love my bullpen. I love big bullpen names. And uh, I have recently, again, another, uh, you know, another, um, you know, Jimmy James hint. I started using what I call, call the super reliever, where I get a guy and it, currently in the 60s set, I have the Hoyt Wilhelm. You know, I have him pitching, you know, three innings a night. Am I overusing him? And by that, you know, you have that fatigue rating and he's eventually going to get fatigued. And Hoyt Wilhelm, when he's fatigued, is just like any other pitcher, really. In fact, he's he's less. Um, so you could be overusing your your really your best pitchers in your key spot. So you may want to change your settings that way. So if that's the case, 
You may also want to, so if you're finding that you're heavily reliant on one relief pitcher and he is being used way too often and he's really losing you crucial games in crucial spots, what you might want to do is take that $5 million that you want to invest in him and invest in, you know, maybe two or even three smaller, uh, cheaper relievers who can you can really match up with, and they're gonna they're gonna give you that same time frame, those same two or three innings of pitching, but you're gonna be able to match up a little bit better. So that's definitely something you want to look at. Uh, and then number one, Sir Tony is looking. You know, he's Sir Tony's gonna love this one. Your defense, 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 defense. Good defense, a bad defense will kill good pitching every single time. So you may have Greg Maddox, but if I'm fielding the ball at first base, trust me, it's not going to get, it's not going to be coming out. So obviously your second baseman, your shortstop, your center fielder, I advocate for ones if possible. And I don't go lower than twos at those positions. Um, Your defense could be terrible and bad defense. Again, will just sink a team. That is a lot of the times easily fixed with the waiver pile or the, you know, yeah, with the free agents, there's always guys who undervalue those key outfielders. And I'll give you some hints to fix a team, a guy like Pat Sheridan in the 80s set. He's a, he's a 0.75 player, but he's a two defensively in every outfield position. So if you have a corner outfielder or you have a center fielder, that's just that you're stuck with on a three. Well, Pat Sheridan comes in at his late inning replacement. That will help you fix it. But again, if you can avoid having a anything above a two at, at shortstop, second base, and center field, that will definitely help. But always looking at your defense. And then you also want to look at your catcher's arm. That's something that I've, I've kind of started using in the last six months. I was in a league that people were stealing all over me, and they were really just generating runs with, outs they were getting ground balls for outs and and my, they were just running all over my team so in conjunction with that you want to look at the pitcher's hold rating with your with your catcher's arm rating sometimes upgrading your catcher's defense will stop teams from running on you you'll throw out a couple more you'll throw out a couple more base stealers a game and you'll maybe you'll take those you know those two to three inning game uh two to three inning two to three run innings and turn them into one run innings. Um, you're not, you're not going to be pitching shutouts every game, but you want to be able to score. You know, you want to be able to mitigate the damage. Again, I will go how to, how to, so also when it comes to fixing your pitching, you know, setting up per game starters is one thing. And I did talk about this. Sometimes you can't necessarily, if you have, if you have set up your team with four, starters for asterisk starters you're not going to be able to mix and match as much you're really stuck to the you're going to kind of be old into those four four starters now if you have a larger roster you can really pick and choose your starters and that just means every night you're going to analyze who you're playing what their weaknesses are so if you have a team that have, that that you're about to face that's heavily you know heavily heavy lefties uh, then you may want to go out there and pick up a player like um, an Eric Milton, for example, uh, in the uh, the 2000 set is a good example. Eric Milton's a, a 0.75 player, but he's really good against lefties, and he has some really good card, really good cards in that mystery set. 
There's also a lot of cheap pitchers out there. I'm a big fan of Donovan Osborne in the 90s set. He's a lefty who does really well against both uh, both arms. But, hey, if you have a team that's heavy lefties, you may be able to go out there and pick up a Donovan Osborne for 1.27 million. What he might do is he might just extend your starters for you just that much more, and he really just can bridge that gap until you get to your relief pitchers. So you're not heavily reliant on your starters. So with that being said, if, especially if you're if you're a heavy starter and you don't have heavy starting pitching team, you don't have a deep bullpen. You may want to switch that. So you have a guy like Greg Maddox, you have a guy like Randy Johnson, and they're just not working out for you. You have a lot of money in there to fix the problem, and there are a lot of cheap players. So regardless of of how you want to look at it, the majority of players who play Stratomatic 365 are the same like everybody else. They think that price equals quality. Price doesn't always equal quality. So there are a lot of players, analyze those cards, take that $9 million that you have invested now in Greg Maddox, and you may want to go out there. You can get two good, decent starters who will give you five solid innings, and then you may want to go invest in a really great middleman. And again, this is, you know, I'm talking really from personal experience. Rob Dibble is my one of my favorite players in any set. Rob Dibble out there, he's $5 million, but if you hit Rob Dibble in the right set, and you have the right, uh, the right with the right gear, with the right cards, Rob Dibble will lock down the sixth, and, the sixth, seventh, and sometimes even half, you know, the eighth inning for you. And now you've taken that money, You've got a couple of good, solid starters, maybe maybe a Donovan Osborne type. You have him, you bridge the gap, you go to a Rob Dibble, and then you go to your closer. Now, you've created that great, quote-unquote, the Greg Maddox experience with those three players. So that's really, again, how I look at it. And I know it may sound a little bit complicated, but it's really all about just kind of recreating these players in the aggregate. You know, Greg Maddox gives you X, I need to get this. So how do I add that up? And sometimes it may be three players. And then uh, dumping starters is is not obviously always the best option, but sometimes you just got to cut them loose. Pitching will be the first thing I really do drop. Um, And again, I'll go into it later. I'm not an advocate of just immediately dropping. But one of the things I will also do is I will look for two cheaper players who are opposite-handed. So maybe a, a righty starter that is heavily favored against righties and then a lefty starter who's heavily, uh, who's heavily favored against lefties. And then that's where I use those per-game starters. And I will just, wherever that pitcher that you drop roster spot comes in, you just kind of, you just plug him in. And more times than not, those players will be cheaper. And then you just want to bolster your bullpen. Now, when you're fixing your pitching, you're not always just pitching. So you may also want to go back and you may want to use that money uh, to bolster your offense. So when it comes to fixing your team, I, I want to make sure that that you don't just fix the one problem. Sometimes it's just really accentuating your, your strengths. And so if pitching becomes a weakness and there's really no way out of that rabbit hole, you're not going to fix it with Donovan Osborne. You, you may, you may, you know, stop the bleeding. But if you're a 
if your pitching is really no good and your offense is killing it, you're just losing a lot of 10, you know, 11 to 10 games. Well, you know what? You may just want to go all in on offense. So that's also where you want. So you may want to go get some cheap pitchers, a better, better reliever, a better relief pitcher. And then, you know what? You may want to take your DH. That's a $4 million DH. And you may want to turn him into a $7 million DH. So that's definitely something that I, I always look at for pitching. And again, like I said, pitching will be the first thing that I will drop. One thing I think too, when you're talking about, you really kind of need to look at before you make any early drops on pitching is uh, take a look at their ratio on the, how, on the miscellaneous tab, how many times that they were on their card and how many times they were on the hitter's card. It really, really makes a difference. Uh, I've had a team recently. I had Suter and I had Don Robinson. They both were just, it was a, it was amazing amount. It was like 17 times on the hitter's card, four or five times on their card for both of them. In the end, as it played out more, I didn't drop either one, but as it played out more, Don Robinson got a lot better. Bruce Suter didn't. Bruce Suter really was on a bad card. He just had bad luck at the beginning. Don Robinson was on a good card, had bad luck at the beginning. So at that point, you really have to say, you, I didn't have a real good factor for either guy. So I think you really need to kind of look at that before you you make big dumps on pitching because you may have that guy and it's just yeah by the end of the season it works out but end of his first five starts maybe not An- another thing one time in the uh, I think it was in the 2020 Players Championship I had um, I had Plezak and. He only in the first game he lasted seven batters and gave up four home runs and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be long. And then I took a look because it was a yearly set, and all five home or all four home runs were on the hitter's card. There's literally he had given up like a walk off of his card the whole time. That was it. So here he looked terrible, but really there was no way to know what it was because. You just had not had enough at-bats to get a full look. It was a statistical anomaly rather than a true indicator. And I think that's the number one place to look to find out if it's it's something in the numbers or if it's something in the card. I I take a look at that miscellaneous tab every single night when I'm looking at all my teams. Uh, Every single night I look at that and then – I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to keep track um, of, of obviously hitters and pitchers. And again, or yes, early on in the season, you'll know exactly how your players are doing. And, and, and it's, a, if, if you have a, you know, pitcher who's getting lit up and all the roles on his card, well, it's, it, you, you, you're fortunate to know that early enough to drop him because he's probably on a bad card. Uh, he could also be in a, a bad park, but um, yeah, absolutely. That miscellaneous tab is, is key for me. And I look at a lot of that. And also that all the, with that miscellaneous tab also is the, on the other tab, there's the fielding tab. So you want to look at that one too. So, uh, if you have a team, if you have a guy, again, you have a pitcher that you is, is just not performing well, and you take a look at your, your team and your team's only fielding 60% of the balls that are hit to them. Well, you might, you, you might've felt your problem there too. It's not always about errors. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, they're making a lot of errors. You look at that team, 
uh, you know, you have a guy who out of 60 chances is, is only getting 20 of the balls, then you obviously, you know, that those ground ball outs have become singles and, and that's obviously going to kill your pitching as well. I played with a guy that we both played with before and we had a bet because he had all this good pitching and he had fours at shortstop and he had a four at second base and like a three in center field. And they were all big hitters. But he was like, it's okay because I got all this pitching. And I had a bunch of middle-of-the-road pitchers. And I had a one at second. I had a one at short. And I had a one at center field. And I made a bet with him. I go, I bet you my ERA will be more than a half a run lower than yours, even though you have twice as much money in your starting pitching as me. Oh, no, no, it cannot be. Well, I had a 1.2 run better ERA than he did with half the money in pitching because it was a one defense versus a four defense. There is is a specific strategy and a specific set that I won't give away quite yet, but there is that it is money and you can spend less than $10 million on a set of players, a set of starting pitchers in a specific set. And if you get the, if you draft properly and you get the right fielders, those guys are all Cy Young winners. I'll give you a hint. One of them is Rick Reed. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Okay. We will be back right after this. You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Okay, we are back, and let's recap some of the stuff, and let's get any final tips and tricks. So, what do you have for us? So, really, we've talked. You know, we've talked the whole show about what to change, what to do, and 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 what strategy to change. Okay, now you're going to drop players. You're going to you know you're going to take a nine million dollar pitcher and turn him into three relievers and a and a point seven five starter. But my number one piece of advice on how to fix your team is don't do anything. Trust your instinct. Now, there's a, there's a caveat to that, of course. When it comes to mystery cards, 
you get it, you, you get an injury reveal, you gotta, you gotta make the move if it's not the right player. If you have somebody who just is not performing, but more times than not, those guys who are just underperforming, you have a 350 hitter in a single season set. You know what? He's a 350 hitter, whether he's hitting 270 or not. Sometimes you just got to let it play out. And it's at the end of the day, guys, it's just a dice roll, right? So I've had a couple of, uh, you know, all-time great sets where I've drafted. Uh, I had Don Mattingly in his, uh, his 84 year and his MVP year, 350 with, uh, you know, 450 on base percentage and 35 home runs. Well, he had 260 for me. It, it wasn't anything I could do. I just didn't get the roles. And you know what? Especially in a set like all-time greats, uh, you know, hey, it's not easy to hit 350 against Sandy Koufax and Walter Johnson in back-to-back games. So I love really fiddling with teams. That's the best. That's the fun part of it, right? You have a toy you want to play with. But a lot of the times, the teams, if your team is not working right and you have confidence in the way you've drafted and if you have confidence in the way you've set up your team, the best thing to do is just leave it alone. And I and and give it 20, 25 games. It's only, you know, you're playing three games a night. You give yourself a week and you just watch your games unfold. Pay close attention, but sometimes you're gonna get when you don't when you don't touch those teams, you're gonna get a true indication of the real problems. And you may find out that you know what? The dice gods just weren't with me this week. And, you know, you just got to let it play out. And you know what? That's okay, too. Well, you know, one of the things with it, with if you're playing in a recurring league where, you know, you're you're looking for where you're going to dr- land in the draft or you're playing in the tournament, sometimes when your team is, you know, you've got a team that's really only winning about 45% of the time, something like that. And you're you're just under 500. Sometimes that staying pat can actually help you because you will have at least two or three people in your league that will go just BS crazy because they just <laughs> yep. cannot hold themselves in control. They will they're trying to fix it, and all they're doing is chipping away at the dike and letting the floodwaters pour over them. And if you don't do that, and then you feast on those teams at the end, you can get yourself back up to 500. And now if you're just playing in, in, a, in a regular league, or if you're you know somebody like me who never wants to be below 500 at any point, sometimes that's the best I'm going to get. And if, for sure, if I'm playing in a tournament and I don't have a great team, I'm still wanting to maximize the amount of wins I'm going to get. And and if that means playing against other people and letting them make the mistakes, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem. It's got to make me better. Amen to that. And, And again, sometimes by staying the same and keeping the status quo of your team, there are going to be, in a 24-team league, 12 of those teams are going to make a bad move, and they're going to drift down. And and by, sometimes by staying pat, you're going to end up as the eighth seed. And at, 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 with an 80, 83-84 win team, you're going to end up making the playoffs. And like we said before, once you make the playoffs, anything's possible, right? It, you know, once, you, once you're in, in the playoffs, 
one bad dice roll, one good dice roll just changes an entire series. And to that point, again, if you stand pat, sometimes, especially in mystery teams, if you're if you're playing with a play, some players that may or may not be good card readers, they, then you can just kind of watch it go. You still have the equity in those bad, quote unquote, bad players. Somebody makes a bad drop, you analyze it, and you pounce. You have now just got a stud. And not only have you made your team better, you've made their team weaker. So, and again, standing pat is always my, obviously my, my favorite move. And, and, but, uh, you know, if you guys have to make moves, hopefully I've uh, given you some, some good advice today. Oh, you definitely have. I would add one more little piece inside here. And you, you brought it up a, a, a minute ago. And I know some people, some people watch it all different ways. Some people just, you know, look at the day. Some people go game by game and just look at the box score, which is when I first started. That's the way I did it. And then uh, uh, I had a team and I couldn't figure out really what was going on. And that's what made me start watching the games. And at that point, I could see, oh, I'm getting two men on all the time and I'm not driving them in. That's my problem. That's how come I have a good on base, a good batting average. And I don't have any runs. So by watching those games, yep. if you're gonna if you're gonna try to fix something, at least watch the ones before to see what's really going on with you guys. And it isn't like you know, I watch it on a really fast speed because I, I'm more looking for the trend than I am the minutia. But I think you can get a lot of value out of watching those games. I'm so glad you brought up that point. I will say this. I have become a better player since I've started watching the games every single night because just for that reason, I, I can see exactly what, it, what, what, what went wrong. And if I see that two days in a row, well, I'm going to go fix that. Just by my, my, my nature, I got to fix that. That can't happen again. I can't get three singles in an inning and not score a run. So yeah. uh, watching the games, that's a great point. Well, Thank you, Peter, so much for being here this week. Uh, dude, we got a lot of great information out there to people, I think. And uh, I always appreciate you, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. It's made my day. I love I love being on here sharing strat wisdom. It's an amazing community. We're really lucky. And uh, thank God for this little game, eh? There you go. Okay. Made a lot of us pretty happy. Yep. Well, we will be back right after this. Hi, this is David with Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes, or MTDB, specializes in handcrafted dice trays and dice towers for any board or tabletop game that utilizes dice. Now, the purpose of MTDB is twofold. Number one, it keeps those pesky dice in the box and on the table and out of the paws of the cat. Number two, it reduces the noise produced by the dice rolls. Foam-lined walls and towers deaden the sound. Each tray and each tower is personalized to the needs of the customer. 
catch us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Our website is www.mtdbgaming.com. That's www.mtdbgaming.com. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Look us up. You've been listening to Stratology. Join us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on 365 Sportscast. A huge thank you today to Sir Peter. We are so lucky to have him as a friend and regular contributor to the show. Thank you, as always, to our regular cast of characters, Andrew Burkham, Joaquin Lewis III, Carolyn Snyder, Jimmy Dees, and, of course, the music man himself, Jeff Texon. All the music you heard today was written and produced by Jeff. Call us on the message line. Get a hold of us on social media. We love to hear from you guys. Hey, Jeff, can you play us out? You got it, Jimmy James. Find us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on 365 Sportscast radio streaming service. Download the app. Makes it crazy easy to listen. See you next week. Same strat time, same strat You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Hi, this is David with Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes, or MTDB, specializes in handcrafted dice trays and dice towers for any board or tabletop game that utilizes dice. Now, the purpose of MTDB is twofold. Number one, it keeps those pesky dice in the box and on the table and out of the paws of the cat. Number two, it reduces the noise produced by the dice rolls. Foam-lined walls and towers deaden the sound. Each tray and each tower is personalized to the needs of the customer. Catch us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Our website is www.mtdbgaming.com. That's www.mtdbgaming.com. Michigan and Trumbull Dice Boxes. Look us up. You've been listening to Stratology. Join us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on 365 Sportscast.
You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network.